Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm your host, Amanda Farmer. And it's my job here each week as a strata lawyer to help you demystify the legal complexities of apartment living. This week, I'm bringing you a version of my live chat that I had last month with Michael Ferrier over on our Facebook page. Michael Ferrier is the founder and managing director of Ion Property Inspections. Michael founded Ion because he saw the opportunity to turn a cottage industry into a professional level service, offering high quality strata records inspection reports. Michael has over 35 years of experience across government policy, financial services, banking, franchising, building small businesses, and of course, property. Michael says that finding solutions to common problems is very rewarding. The challenge is that solutions often require a change in behavior. Now in this chat, which was held a few weeks ago over on our Facebook page, I asked Michael whether he thinks there are quality issues with the reports that are produced after the inspection of strata books and records and what he thinks needs to change to resolve these issues. You can watch the full video of our live chat over on our Facebook page. Just search for Your Strata Property on Facebook You'll see our public page there and you are welcome to like the page or follow it so that you get updated by Facebook whenever I'm live. That is most Friday afternoons over there on Facebook. If you are a member of our online community, then the replays of all of our live video chats from Facebook are over in your members only video library. I'll take you over right now to my chat with Michael Ferrier. Michael Ferrier. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Let's dive straight into it. This is your expertise, Michael. This is what you're doing, your team is doing day in, day out. We search thousands of strata plans every year. So we see these things every day of the week. So is there a quality issue when it comes to the way our books and records are being managed? Let's start there. Well, the quality of records across strata in our experience is that they're quite variable. And we very regularly see situations where documents, records are missing from the strata records. And in quite a number of occasions, we have situations where we have documents that the strata plan doesn't even have because we may have searched that plan, let's say, three years ago. And since then, they've changed strata managers. And guess what? Quite a lot of their records have disappeared. And so issues that were a problem three years ago, those records are really hard to find. And so we've been in a situation where we've gone back to look at our previous reports and been able to add historical records that the new strata manager just can't lay their hands on. So that's an example. And talking with strata managers, pretty common response from them about how the process of record transfer goes between strata managers they would say in up to 90% of cases, it's a very poor process. Yeah, so you're talking about, just for our listeners who might not be um, catching on to that, where a building 
decides to change strata managers. They might have been with the one manager for the last 10 years. They engage a new manager. There is a process of transferring the records from one to the other, both hard copy and electronic records. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And often that process is clunky, often because there's lots of different record-keeping systems and they don't talk to each other very well. So often what happens is they get a dump of digital files that are uncategorised, often unnamed, they're not in any date order, and this is a big issue. So that's an issue about quality of record keeping and problems with it when the records try to get moved from one thing to the other. So the other side of this is the quality of the information that, say, buyers get when people search the records. And that can be influenced by the quality of the records for that strata plan. But the quality of the report itself is also influenced by the searching process and the way that the searching industry has always operated. And most of the searches are done by individuals sort of operating in a cottage industry, as I said, where they're doing everything themselves. They're a one-person show. And that means that nobody's checking their work. Nobody's sort of checking in on how much they're doing. Everybody has a bad day. Um, All of those things affect the quality of these reports. And they don't have any systems in place to manage any of those issues. And I think that's the biggest thing that we find. Now, we know this. We've been doing this for over a decade. And we use those searches. They work with us to do the searches of the reports. But we check 100% of the reports that come in. And we wouldn't do that because it's resource intensive if it wasn't essential to make sure that, one, the quality of the information in the report is consistent with the documents, and two, that we've got all the documents that are available. Mm -hmm. So there's often follow-up required with the strata manager and and so on. All right, so there's a few avenues of conversation there that I would really like to go down, but let's start here. You've mentioned their purchasers who are looking at a property or excited about buying into that property, want to find out a little bit more about it. Can you explain the perhaps what I would see is maybe two different types of strata reports, one that's produced by the vendor who's selling the property yep. mm-hmm. and one where the purchaser engages somebody like yep. you, a professional searcher, to mm-hmm. go through the records? So, so what are these vendor reports? Well, we do them too. So it really depends who does the report and on what basis. So there is a concern, I think, out there that if it's vendor generated or vendor initiated, that it may not be as detailed or the quality would be the same. The inspectors who work for us don't really know whether it's vendor generated or buyer generated. So for them, the process is exactly the same. Our process doesn't change. The report that's generated on the vendor side will be exactly the same as the report generated, initiated by a buyer. So no difference in process, search, reporting or follow-up. How about this, though? So your client is either a vendor or a purchaser. Your vendor client gets the report as you've prepared it. You say, we've done it, here it is. Do you ever have vendor clients who say, oh, Michael, would you mind just taking that out of the report? With strata reports, that's pretty rare, to be honest. We also do building and pest reports for houses, and you do get situations with vendors where they would like things removed from the report, right? But we're pretty strict about how we respond to that stuff. But with strata, 
that happens less than you'd think. Now, where it does come up, though, is in a situation where the owner, who may be on the strata committee, for example, who is selling, thinks an issue has been resolved, but there's no information in the records about that. Now, in some cases, they can actually assist the process because they can actually turn up something that wasn't found in the search. And that can actually provide better information rather than worse information. Now, Mm -hmm. there will be situations in many other reports where either not all the documents have been found because the search process was a bit rushed or the person really wasn't on their game that day, or the information they put in the report isn't accurate or they've missed important information like special levies or legal action or something like that. So there's no mention of that made in the report. And unless the buyer looks through all the documents, the minutes and the correspondence that's attached, and that can be hundreds and hundreds of pages, they won't know about it either. So those Mm. are the sort of quality issues that we work quite hard at to minimise. Just a quick question, Michael. Um, Petrina's asking, this discussion and your experience, is it Sydney-centric or I'm not sure if you have experience across other states or in broader New South Wales? Yeah. In a volume sense, obviously, a lot of the stuff we do is Sydney in New South Wales. We also do stuff in Western Australia. Right. Uh, we don't do anything much in Victoria because there's been no very little business of buyers doing strata reports in Victoria. The Queensland market we have looked at but never really jumped into. But WA changed their legislation in the last three years or so to bring it closer to New South Wales legislation. So we do work over there as well. Now, Sean is saying there's no standard set for strata reports, and that's something you were saying earlier, Michael. Your your team, your company does it a certain way, and yeah. you've even got a process, I think you said, where you'll get the report, and then I assume because of your experience in, in the industry, you'll know, well, hang on, that's missing, and you'll follow up with the yes, strata Yes, precisely. Sean's correct. Absolutely no standard. It is completely unregulated. And, you know, people who do the searches don't need to have any qualification or necessarily any training. People who do work with us, we do give them training. And because we're checking their reports every day, they're getting constant feedback from us as well. And if we find particular searches who are missing stuff, then obviously they're on notice about that stuff. So we try and keep them on their toes a bit. But the people that are working for themselves, and that's a lot of the searches that are done, they don't get any of this feedback. Mm. And so what we find is that quality standards, even with feedback, they tend to fall over time. So we give them a bit of a pep talk and talk to them about issues that we're seeing in reports and so on to keep them up to date a bit. So look, yeah, so that's an issue. And your practice, Michael, I'm interested in this from the legal perspective, and I know maybe some strata managers would be thinking this as well. Yeah. Where's the line? You know, if you ring them up and say, look, we saw this in the records and we're putting together a report for a purchaser, we would have expected to see A, B and C. It wasn't there. Strata manager, what more can you tell me? Are strata managers forthcoming with giving you information verbally? Look, that is a really interesting question and it's really very variable. And even within strata management firms, different managers will have a different approach to this. Mm. Some are quite helpful and will give you the information you need, even if it's a verbal update. Look, we're waiting on this. We're expecting something next week. We think this is what will be. And they're, they're quite open. Other managers 
we can't discuss anything that might impact on a sale of a, or a transaction. We won't say anything. Mm. So we see the full spectrum of responses in that regard, yes. And so sometimes we would just put a comment in there saying, so, look, we've seen this in the records, but we, the strata manager couldn't provide any more additional information. We would put that sort of comment in the report. Now, there's a, a comment I'm just going to bring up on the screen here from Shauna, uh, who's mm. saying, I'm new to this, but wouldn't it make sense that there's greater authority over owners' corps and strata managers, for example, a government authority where all info, including minutes, are uploaded to, and if they're not correct, if there's little fibs or cover-ups detected, then the individuals or company can be held to account. There must be a standard. We're hearing this word again, standard. Now, part of our discussion today, Michael, I'm keen to hear what your views are on how we solve this problem. I think what you're saying, uh, I see it to myself, and what we're seeing here in the comments is that we're acknowledging that there's no standard, that every manager is different that every strata searcher is different, that they, uh, as a result, different reports for the same building are being produced. Yep. And our yep. purchasers, are they really are the ones who are investing the, the most and putting the most on the line when getting these reports, are the ones that are left potentially holding a lemon. How do we solve these problems? Uh, well, it's not, a, it's not an easy or a quick process. I mean, I think Shauna's point is an interesting one. I think probably what she's suggesting there is a bit ambitious. But I think the sentiment is good in the sense that it would be good if there was a little bit more regulation or a bit more transparency in some of these records than there currently is. And I think a lot of owners sort of forget that they're their records. I think mm. often owners sort of think it's they're the strata manager's records, but they're not. And this is a really important point because often they lose, the owners lose control of the records and that's not a criticism of the strata managers. It's often apathy from owners to some degree that they don't take a keen enough interest as to what gets recorded. One comment that I'll make around this, though, and this is an observation overseeing lots and lots of strata plans, is that we develop an idea of what a good building is and what a bad building is based on the records and the detail in them. And there is no doubt Buildings that have better information, more detail, an annual treasurer or chairman's report, for example, an active strata committee with detailed minutes of the strata committee meeting minutes, for example, those buildings look like better buildings and better communities for the owners than the ones where there's skimpy records, there's deferred decisions about spending money and so on. And so I think there's a lesson for owners in this. Now, I have a mate, for example, who's taken over the job as chairman of the Strata Committee in his building, and he's really trying to develop that idea of more transparency, more detail, more inclusion, taking people, the owners, on a journey, so setting a plan and reviewing it every year. And he believes, and I agree with him, that the result of that will be better community, but also better value in terms of the value of those properties. You know, they'll be more attractive to buyers. Yeah, it's a great point that you make. I think we even had a comment here earlier. Um, Nez, who's tuning in, was asking, can an owner 
ask for records from previous strata companies that managed their strata plan. And I had marked that one to come back to it. I think Sean has helpfully answered Nez there. Thank you, Sean. But it's exactly to your point. There's a misunderstanding that, no, these are not the strata manager's records. These are your records, your building's records, and they should absolutely travel with the building strata manager to strata manager. And I, I like the way that you've given us some examples there for how owners can take more control and better control of their records because I can hear from the owner's perspective saying owners believing, well, strata managers are professionals. We don't necessarily touch any of these records. We never see a levy notice except the one that hits our account. We don't see the invoices that go in and out. We fully expect that our strata manager is handling those. But I agree the the parts that owners are in control of are absolutely their meetings. So the existence of meetings and many viewers here will have heard me bang on many times about the importance of regular strata committee meetings if only to have that agenda and those minutes out there and the annual report from the chair or the committee that is something that I introduced into my community when I moved in about four or five years ago now and we have owners who say that they love that they're overseas they can't make the AGM to attend but they always read that covering report it's two or three pages summarizing what's been going on throughout the year Uh, and it's great to hear from you as a searcher that when you see those kinds of summaries that that only a strata manager is not going to do that nor should they to be honest it should be the committee members who do it when you see that then you know that this is a great building or at least more engaged than one that perhaps doesn't have those kinds of records yeah as i've heard you say in in other podcasts and your own that it's a community so the records i think reflect the community to a degree And so if you want a good community, have good records. And I think it's the owners do need to take responsibility for this. And if the strata manager is not producing the records the way the owners like, the owners should speak up about that and have them done a better way. It's not that hard, I don't think, because as you say, a lot of it's in the minutes or in an annual report or whatever it is. And those, that couple of pages, that annual report that you talk about makes a massive difference. Mm. And I know some communities that do a quarterly newsletter, maybe even monthly, if the committee members have time. I can see Petrina here is saying newsletters are invaluable. It's certainly not something that my committee has the time to do. But even just that annual report, time goes fast. You know, it's no time at all before another one's come around. As Sean is saying, this speaks to Michael T's comments uh, a few weeks ago when we chatted on live and it also went out on the podcast about ownership owners taking ownership of owners' corporation issues and not sitting back and thinking, well, it's somebody else's problem or we've engaged a strata manager, so the strata manager should be dealing yeah. with that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, most of the strata manager's role is is administrative and compliance, you know, without discounting it. I mean, they, they do a lot of important stuff that owners don't want to have to worry about. And managing finances, for example, is really important. But the owners, yes, they're the ones who create the community. The strata manager doesn't live there. The strata manager isn't the one that's, you know, breaking bylaws or making noise or abusing the pet rules or whatever it is. The owners need to be accountable for that stuff. But I'll go back to what I said before is you tend to see less of these issues in the buildings that have more transparency and better records mm. because everybody's got a bit of a joint purpose. Yeah. In terms of one, having better records, then owners being more engaged. We did talk about that. 
improving the records transfer process. I think I saw a note there where Strata Communities Australia are well aware of this issue. Um, I did see somebody make a comment about that earlier, but I didn't get a chance to pick it up before it disappeared off Yes, the I think it was Sean um, and it was in the context of there being no standard, I think, in terms of Strata reporting and Sean might yeah. just try to let us know if we're on the right track there. Yeah, so we've actually developed a product that sort of aimed at strata managers or at owners' corporations where the owners' corporation might be looking to change the strata manager. And so rather than relying on the current process for records handover, we would go in and actually get all the documents before they change strata manager. And mm -hmm. so they would, if you like, get a backup of their own documents, which sounds crazy, but it, it is a solution to keep the quality of the records more constant when they change strata managers. The other benefits of this sort of service would be it might assist both the bidding strata managers, because if they could see the summary of that we provide with the records, it might help them in putting in their bid for the services. So they're actually providing the right level of services for that strata plan. So I think there's a few funny things go on with that process as well. And therefore, it might also help them to focus on the issues that need attention when they get in there. So I can okay. see sort of benefits in this. And that's one solution to sort of help with the continuity of quality of the records when there is a change in strata manager. It's actually um, it's something I was going to ask you. Would you suggest that owners make a point of going in and inspecting their own records to check the state of them and maybe that becomes a routine thing once a year, twice a year? Even better if they can get a professional who they trust, like yourself, who knows how to do these things, to do that for them and then be able to identify as early as possible where there might be failings in the record keeping or you might go in and say, oh, my gosh, this is a mess and this is what needs to be done to fix it up. Yep. Better to go then than on a file transfer. Yeah, it may not be necessary in all plans, but in some plans, particularly if the strata committee are worried or there's a change in strata committee, it might be a good benchmarking exercise to have somebody come in and say, look, this is the current situation in your building. You know, this is what your numbers look like. This is what your, your history, your recent history is like, um, mm. that type of stuff. You know, this is where your capital works fund plan sits. And, you know, you, by the way, your forecast is out of date. You know, you should have had that renewed four years ago. But, you know, these are the sort of things that we see often where people have just let things slide. And, you know, it comes back to people being worried about increasing levies or they're worried about, having to spend money and so on. Um, In your experience, Michael, are most management companies operating online files now and giving online access to inspectors like yourself? The answer to that is yes, and that is you can thank COVID for that yep. largely because there was no ability to do in-office searches during COVID or during the depth of COVID. And so the strata managers in many cases had to find a way to share the records electronically. Now, we get them in a number of different ways. Sometimes it's a Dropbox link. Sometimes it's a login to their portal. Sometimes you will get an email with dozens and dozens and dozens of documents attached. And so right. it's a bit haphazard. The access electronically is a bit haphazard and that needs to be tidied up. It needs to be more consistent. It's obviously a lot easier if we can go into their portal 
and then we can see stuff because it, it tends to be more logical. Where you're getting documents sent to you, either via Dropbox or by email, you know, you don't know whether you've got everything and so on. So there's more likely to be gaps there and therefore more need to follow up with strata mm -hmm. managers. That's just more manual as well. It must take the strata managers a lot more time to do it that way and be frustrating at their end as well. But again, this is a, this is a legacy of there being so many record-keeping systems. Some of them are in-house, they're bespoke, they've been developed by that strata manager. Some of them are off the shelf. I know there's, I know there's some portals now that, which I think is a good idea, where the records would always stay on that portal, even if you change strata managers. Because the strata, they're owned by the owner's corporation. Yeah, yeah, the owner's corporation would do a deal with that portal and then the strata manager would then access the records via that portal as well. So, look, I mean, I'm not advocating any one system or other, but, you know, I do think that that whole process could be better as well. Mm. And I think uh, Sean's just chimed in. We were mentioning earlier SCA was looking into these issues and Sean's clarifying it's the differential systems that they are looking into. So it's good to hear that the industry yep. association is alert to that yep. um, because it, it is a problem. And as Sean's also saying here, a document named 123FATGD.TIFF doesn't tell you what the document is. I mean, it's not just no, the And when there's hundreds of those, you're presented with a dump of documents and they're all like that. You know, you can see the problem that the searcher faces. I see a comment by Russ here about strata searches needing to be qualified, licensed and registered and that the quality of the searches varies enormously. I couldn't agree more with this comment, right? I mean, we've developed our own system for this, if you want. So our own process for training, for monitoring and then for providing constant feedback. And it's the only way that we figure we can keep quality constant. But... You know, I'm not saying that what we do is perfect, but I know it's a hell of a lot better than <laughs> than what else is out there. And yeah. I also agree with his comment that there is a tendency here for these reports to be commoditized. And this is where there's an issue with real estate agents looking for the cheapest solution. And they just consider a strata report is a strata report is a strata report, right? They're not differentiating. They're only differentiating on price. And it's disappointing to me that they place such a low priority on this on this process because it is the cheapest bit of the whole property marketing exercise, if you want. If you include all the costs of selling a property, the cost that the vendor would pay to get this strata report done will be the lowest cost, I would wager, of any of the expenses that the vendor incurs, yet they don't give it any priority at all. Well, even when they get it done properly, you're saying, it's still relatively inexpensive. Yes, yes. Yeah. and often the difference between the sort of service we provide and a cheaper service will be $100. Right. You know, it's, yeah, it's not much, yet they penny pinch on it a lot. And I know you do building and pest reports as well, which I imagine is for yeah. freestanding homes. How do agents approach the building and, and pest report? Is that a, do they see that in a different light to the Strata Records inspection yeah, I mean, obviously they they try to push back more on houses because let's say termites, for example, you know, that buyers will run 100 miles when they hear the word termite near a property and so, so they get very concerned about that. But one of the advantages of these reports is our inspectors do find live termite issues at a property that's about to go on the market. Now, it's much better for the agent to find that out now rather than a week before the auction. 
And so what we do see sometimes is that they will then take that information and they will sort the problem out, take the property, defer the listing, sort the problem out, and then the property will get listed in a month or two's time. Now, that I actually think is a positive result of the process. We also yes. get sometimes vendors saying, look, we've got your report. We would like to fix some of these problems. And so they will go away and they perhaps they can remove some risks for termite from the property. Perhaps they can fix some relatively easy things to fix, like it might be a leaking pipe or it might be something, just examples. And if our inspector gets evidence that that work's been done and we're satisfied that defect no longer exists, we can then update that report so that it reflects the current condition of the property when it goes to market. And again, that can help the vendor, but also help the buyers. So the property is better when it goes to market. And um, we're talking here specifically in the context uh, of freestanding homes and building in yeah. pests. You, you've sparked a thought for me in respect to strata, which is that these records inspection reports, if they're very detailed, if they identify problems in the building, if they identify future liabilities that the purchaser yeah. may inherit, yeah. they're not as easy, are they, to fix as they would be in a freestanding home. So if we've got no, special no, we've got big debts, we've got strata loans, I mean, the vendor's just going to say, well, yeah, I know it's there, but there's nothing I can do about it because no, this is a you, process. You, what you've mentioned here is something that we haven't discussed, and that is follow-up support. Once somebody has a report, and let's say there is a there are rectification works and there is a strata loan in place and so on, buyers don't understand all this stuff, or a lot of buyers don't. So the support they can get in terms of understanding this stuff, what I would say about that is when a buyer calls us and we explain to them what's going on in the building and what that means for them in terms of their unit entitlement, a lot of people don't really understand that. They see a special levy or a strata loan for a million dollars and think, God, that's awful. But when their unit entitlement is half a percent and that they realise that that special levy just mean, it means $5,000 to them, you know, in a million-dollar example, then they can get their head around that a little bit more easily. And so often understanding the situation can actually ease the stress of the situation for the buyer a bit because they already like the place, right? They yes. like to buy it, but they're worried about the risk associated with stuff that's going on in the building. And if you can help to clarify some of that stuff, it does help people's outlook on the building. And you have to be, as the searcher who is that point of contact for the client, you have to have the knowledge. Which so is why our searchers don't answer any questions. Right. About their own <laughs> reports. We answer them all in our office because the people in our office are checking reports all day, every day, and we can help a hell of a lot more. And we're prepared to spend more time with the people. This is the mm -hmm. other problem with people who are the only person in the business. They run their business from a mobile phone. They're often doing reports late at night because of turnaround requirements and so on, and they don't have much time to talk to buyers either. So the mm -hmm. follow-up support is another real problem. It's an, and that is a quality problem all on its own. And they're not charging enough for the time that no, they're they they, they don't see there's no incentive for them to provide follow-up support, answer questions, because they don't see there's any, you know, drop their price. The only thing they can trade on to get more business is price often, and that's the race to the bottom that I've seen a couple of people mention. So, mm. Did you want to weigh in at all, Michael, on the discussion I was having earlier about meeting 
minutes. And did you want to share any of your findings or your experience when you're looking at the many, many pages of minutes I'm sure you've looked at in your time? Yeah, so there's a couple of comments I've seen there scrolling through. One of the problems with minutes is that there's often information in the notice that isn't in the minutes. Mm. And sometimes that information is quite useful. So there's a gap in the minutes in that regard. So explanatory information that's not in the minutes that is in the notice. Where there's a lot of stuff going on in the building and the minutes say nothing about it is a red flag, straight up. And how do you know there are things going on in the building if the minutes don't say anything? What's the superpower that you use to work that out? Well, a lot of it's history. So there's a history of special levies. There's a current strata loan. There's been some litigation. There's deferral or lost motions to do repairs and maintenance or to update the capital works fund. All of these things send bad messages. And if you're speaking to a buyer and they say, look, this is a bit of a red flag for you because at some point all of these things come home to roost Mm. and the music stops at some point and this building needs major money spent on it. And I often say to people, if I'm talking to them, I'll say, what does the building look like when you've been there? Does it look fresh or does it look tired? You know, and often the building that's looking a bit tired, you know, that's the cover story for a lot of other things that we're seeing exactly the same thing in the records, having never been to the building, right, but we can see the same sort of things in the records. So our impression of the records and their impression of the building in person often line up. Yes. Uh, Comment here from uh, Kel. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, It's a good one. It always surprises me the disconnect between a lot of owners and purchasers who seem to think that Strata is a separate entity and do not realise that they are or will be part of the Strata. And I think for quite a few weeks now we've been talking about that topic here and on the podcast about owners taking ownership in their communities and understanding their role as, as Michael Tease put it, as corporate citizens. And as our buildings become more complex, as our lives, as our legislation becomes more complex, I think we're going to have to keep talking about that and keep... Yeah, (laughs) we've had a few people contact us and say, look, I see that I'm part of this strata. I don't really want to... How do I get out of that? (laughs) Yeah. I I don't want to sell my apartment, but I don't want to be involved in the strata. Yeah, I don't want to pay levies. I paid those levies on settlement. <laughs> I don't need to pay anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I know you do things differently at Ion Property Inspections, Michael, so do let our viewers know if they want to get in touch with you. Maybe they want to take you up on this idea of producing these records, uh, searches and reports of their own records or getting yep. uh, one done on transfer to a new strata manager. I think that's a fascinating yep. idea. What should be their next step if they want to find out more? Uh, well, look, you might be able to produce some links. I think I sent through a few links to some resources yep. that are on our website. So there's some information there that people will find useful. If they've got any specific issues about their building and they think that they'd like to discuss, we're always happy uh, for people just to call us and happy to have a discussion with them. They don't need to be requesting a report from us or anything like that. We're happy to have a chat with them um, and share some of our experiences with them. So I'll make that offer to anybody who's listening today who'd like to take us up on that. More than open to do that. So just get in touch by email, info at ion.com.au or call us on our 1300 number, which is on the website. 
Excellent. Rochelle and Christina have those links that they're sharing now, including links to your uh, resource page there, Michael. Uh, Thank you for taking time on a Friday afternoon to cover off this really important topic. We've had many, many people here live and lots of comments here that I know we have only been able to touch on a few. So I might go have a scroll through those as I head off to the Qantas Lounge this evening on my way to Melbourne. Sure, there's better things you can do. (laughs) On a Friday night? That's what I usually do on a Friday night. What are you saying, (laughs) Mike? Well, enjoy your weekend, however Thank you, you are. and enjoy, enjoy Melbourne and then Hawaii. Very exciting. Yeah, that's me, yeah. So I might um, give some updates here on the page or over on our Instagram, which is over at Your Strata Property on Instagram, if anybody wants to follow my travels. Uh, but it's been lovely to spend this afternoon with you, Michael, and with all of our Likewise. viewers here live. Thank you for everybody who watched and listened, and um, thank you, Amanda, for having me on. Thanks a lot. Bye for now. See you later. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today?